You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Welcome back, Taylor. My earphones were on backwards. I had to fix them. Oh, okay. I'm like, that feels weird. That's... That feels better now. Okay. <laughs> One week removed from the show, and you don't and know I've already, what's going on. I've already forgotten all of the, the things. <laughs> I couldn't even couldn't fix my mic earlier. Yeah. I'm a mess. Yeah. Well, but you're back. So I am back. So here we are. Um, so how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, fine. Now my <laughs> microphone's being weird. <laughs> <laughs> We have spring brain, yeah. spring oh. fever. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. I definitely feel the the spring brain and the spring fever. I know. I get a little feral when the weather gets nice. Really? I just want to prowl the streets. <laughs> and do what? <laughs> you know, just be outside. Oh, okay. Wear shoes without socks. That's your. That, that's the second uh, cat reference because that's what you said on Twitter about last week's episode is what did you say well the cats when away. the cats away the mice will play yes <laughs> last week's episode was definitely uh taylor's not here we're gonna do whatever we want it was a niche a <laughs> absolutely niche episode. yeah it, yeah it wasn't the the most uh listened to or downloaded uh episode we've ever that's done. okay you got it out of your um, system yes i got it out of my system and it was it was a dream to be able to just talk about star trek for an hour so it was great cool. um and thanks again to uh to tyler who joined me last week who who wanted you to explain again what you're taking in school i know it was a long time ago yeah. back in september when i first told everyone yeah so I why don't did. you why don't you give that update again what what are you doing cool. in school so i am in my last year of my phd i'm hoping to defend this august mm-hmm. and um, i'm in cultural studies which is an interdisciplinary program and i research DuPont, their chemical company, I researched their public relations during the 20th century. So um, I'm kind of a historian by trade, so it's largely a history project. Um, Some people call it business history, uh, it's a cultural history, media history, but essentially I look at the company's magazine, their radio program, their movies, uh, their commercials, um, their print advertising, and I kind of look at them the values that they are projecting through their sponsored media. Wow. There you go. <laughs> so now you understand why I couldn't explain it, Tyler, wherever you are out there. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I value creation. The, t- the title of my dissertation is DuPont's Wonderful World of Chemistry, Corporate Culture as Public Culture. There you go. There you go. That was, that question came from from Tyler, our official Star Trek correspondent. And I'm glad that hopefully I answered his question. <laughs> hopefully. Or maybe now he just has many more. Yeah, you might have many more after that <laughs> explanation of it. Um, we have a great show ahead. Um, we've got some fan questions that I kind of bumped to this week because last week was a special episode. Lots of great headlines. Two movie reviews. I saw The Aftermath and uh, Taylor saw The Woman Who Loves Giraffes. Which is um, a Waterloo connection. That woman was affiliated with University of Waterloo, and that's where I did my undergrad. Very cool. Great. (laughs) And other connections, actually. Um, Alexander Skarsgård was in the movie I saw, and you've had some dreams recently. I've been dreaming about him. You've been dreaming about him that you're going to fill us in a little bit later when we get to that. Um, I'm not going to talk about my dreams because they wouldn't make any sense to anybody. Do they even make sense to you? Yes. 
oh <laughs> well that's good <laughs> but but recently like my dream last night would make sense to no one in the world except me and one other person and right. I already told that person so Fair. it doesn't really it wouldn't be enter as entertaining as I think your dreams are going to be for this discussion so um, we'll see we'll, we'll see we'll get to that later so we'll talk about Taylor's dreams um, but we do have a bunch of fan questions to get to so we're going to start with Jessica who writes in and says hi Taylor and Mike really love the 90s show looking forward to listening to what other themed shows you do my question is a follow-up to another fan question about book to screen film adaptations I recently saw Pet Cemetery, and I'm wondering how much you think the original author has a say when it comes to making the film. Thanks for a great show. Jessica, I'd love to know what your opinion of the remake of Pet Cemetery is. I love the original one. It gets horrible reviews, but I think Pet Cemetery is a lot of fun and spooky. Um, I can't speak, you know, it really varies depending on how. Um, the author kind of has signed away the rights to the book. Just kind of a uh, an aside, Stephen King actually um, hates the original source material. So he wrote Pet Cemetery, I think maybe like late 70s, early 80s maybe. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of uh, separated himself from the original book. From what I understand, he was under like a contractual obligation in order to finish the book. Probably like his editor was like, you need to yeah. write so many books by this time, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So anyways, he hates Pet Cemetery, but he um, likes the departures that the second movie has made, mm. and he thinks that the second movie um, isn't too bad, from yeah. my understanding. Yeah. But um, it sounds like, in that case, Stephen King pretty much has no say over Pet Cemetery. It sounds like he probably just signed the rights away. And washed his hands of it. Which appears to be the most common way it's done, is you sign the rights away and then a filmmaker comes in, makes the film, and you don't really have much to say. But there has been instances like um, the person whose name I can't remember because they're irrelevant to society, who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. E.L. James. Um, <laughs> who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey had a lot of control because after the first movie, she was so unhappy with what the director did that she brought in um, her husband to direct the next movie. So she really didn't like what was being done mm -hmm. um, with the film. So um, I think that sometimes when you sign the contract, an author might also become a producer or might have some sort of control. I know that um, J.K. Um, Rowling uh, for Harry Potter uh, wrote herself a lot of the screenplays or adapted and worked yeah, with Yeah, she's definitely the writing the scripts for the new ones. Yeah. And, and people think, say she shouldn't. Yeah, she's, she's not, she's not a film, like she's no. not a screenplay writer. She's a book writer and it's different. But I know on, on some of the Harry Potter movies, she worked closely yeah. with the people who are adapting the script, which I think for her is the best thing you could do. Some people work better in a collaboration. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's, it's assign someone to her who, who knows film and knows movies and then have it, you know, have them work together. But anyway. The other one I can think of is the author of The Perks of Being a Wallflower. He wrote the screenplay for the film and I think he was even part of uh, uh, putting together the soundtrack. Mm, so I think it, cool. I think it just probably depends when they sign yeah. the rights away, you know, maybe in their contract. Yeah. I mean, I don't know like the nuts and bolts, but it, it seems to vary. Yeah. And I think it's changed too. I think it, the, the newer age writers, I think want more control. Well, celebrity, right? Yeah. And anyways, there you go. Uh, next question comes from Erica. Hi, Mike. And I suppose Tay too. <laughs> 
Loved the 90s show. I really got into these films. It was nice to finally hear you both talk about movies I've actually seen. Where are we on a John Hughes special? Well, first what do you of think, all, Tay? Well, first of all, Erica and Mike, <laughs> I hate when people call me Tay. Oh, my gosh. It's Taylor or nothing. So just a note to our lovely listeners so and funny. to my family and friends. Yeah. Don't call me Tay. You will be Tay from now on. <laughs> um, um. But we never uh, fully committed to a John Hughes special. We might have been like spitballing some ideas. Yeah, I think we talked. I think we sort of discussed it here and there that it would be sort of a cool, s- s- like screening series for the screening room. More yeah. So, and then we could cinematic. Yeah, like that would be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if we'll, I don't know what we're going to do in terms of themed episodes next. It really all depends. Our schedule yeah. each week depends what's coming to the screening room what we want to talk about um there's a holiday coming yeah up. <laughs> we want it like we did a couple the couple last weeks of of themed episodes were sort of done on purpose where you know we wanted to do something a little different we were looking at the schedule um with you being away mm-hmm. as well like it just sort of made sense and worked in there so yeah we'll see we'll see i still think it would be a good idea it would be interesting to talk about john hughes and and it, to actually have a conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to just throw the movies in the trash like people want to do but i think we need to i think there needs to be a re- if the screening room did it there you go there's our reason yeah so there you go or if there was like a big um anniversary maybe yeah <laughs> uh don't call taylor tay but we'll see that might be your, uh, you know, some people have like a stage name. A handle. Be your radio. Yeah, there's your handle no. for the radio. <laughs> DJ Tay. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Chris writes in, fan of the show, Chris. You going to see Penguins? <laughs> I love, I love how that's written. <laughs> also because I had no context. <laughs> and it's, I didn't know. It's I didn't so know good this was that's a the whole question. You going to see Penguins? <laughs> I didn't know this. Why don't you describe the movie? Because I didn't. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, one. Penguins is a movie by Disney. It's not animated. It's like a documentary um, following a penguin. I think his name's like Willis or Sean or Pete or something. It's like it's like a some penguin they've named, and they're following a real penguin the throughout. Day, the life of a yeah yeah and he probably gets attacked by whales and seals and stuff and it, penguins have that whole like present a stone to their mate sort of thing i bet there's like a whole like it's the life of this there'll be a good narrative i know yeah. um disney a couple years ago i think they did one about meerkats mm-hmm. and then a one about lions yeah. so um and normally it seems like morgan freeman narrates march of the penguins was the famous one I think yeah, there you did. Go. yeah but i don't know if that was disney i don't think that was disney no but anyways so we've seen kind of these animal documentaries yeah. before um well i see it didn't know it was coming out um i don't typically go see these kind of movies in the big theater like you know like these yeah. kind of like animal documentaries so that might be a pass on my part would you go see something like that uh, uh, probably not fair enough i don't yeah i don't like no, i don't even I'm watch you know you know how people are really into like blue planet or you know like those like, i really nature, like those i don't really like if someone put them on i wouldn't turn them off mm. but i wouldn't like actively seek them out you know what i'm saying i i have a lot of fears of specific types of animals but i find 
the idea of wild animals a little frightening. So I kind of like watching them for that reason. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that may sound funny, but that's really the same reason why I watch horror movies. Right. It's nice yeah. to be a little bit like that little thrill and getting a glimpse into a world you don't uh, understand. But would I go like a Disney penguin thing? Like it, probably not. Like there's no real reason your, for me to go. Your reason is the same. My friend Emma watches River Monsters because mm. she's really afraid of like the like sea creatures yeah so apparently river monster kind of you know that i can't do the creepy growth yeah because especially like this in swamps and the small things that can crawl up different places i'm no i've seen too many things i can't i can't do it um not fair me. enough not so hard pass for both of yeah. us uh so pro so there you go chris probably not seeing let us know if you see it though and if it's good Great question. Um, next, coming from Lily. Hi, Mike and Taylor, and sometimes Matt. Wondering if any of you have ever seen the movie Jawbreaker, which I think has also came out in the 90s. It's a comedy thriller horror movie, uh, the sort of movie that when Taylor brought up The Craft during the 90s show, it made me think of that movie, which I watched with my friends a lot in high school. Not in the 90s, much later, LOL. I think that um, all of you maybe not Mike, would really enjoy it. Sorry, Mike, it just doesn't seem like it would be, to quote your tempo, <laughs> loving the show. Um, I have seen Jawbreaker, and I actually okay. really do like it. It is Give definitely... Give us a quick, quick rundown. What is my, Jawbreaker? It's been a while since I've seen it, but essentially um, Jawbreaker, in like the first, like very beginning of the movie, it's like a group of very popular um, kind of, you know, fashionable ladies in a high school. Um, and they're all kind of, I don't know if I'm allowed saying the B word on air, but they're, not, um, but they're the B word. Yeah. Um, they're not very nice. And essentially, um, through misadventure, one of the girls in the group ends up dying. And so the whole movie, they're trying to like cover up this like <laughs> manslaughter. Um, and, but they're all like really mean, like they're not nice ladies. Yeah. Right. And then, um, I think I could be remembering this wrong, but like as part of the cover up to like kind of divert attention from the fact that their group is like missing someone they find kind of the new unpopular girl mm. in school and make her over into like you know one of the barbies um and so it is i guess it's a horror in the sense there's like that murder element but it's more just like i would call it a dark comedy, dark comedy. Okay. um but i really like it if you like that kind of you know 90s dark humor you know, really bright colored costumes. I'm sure, I can't remember, but I'm sure it has a killer soundtrack because all the movies from the 90s do. Well, apparently I wouldn't like it, according to... I don't to, know, like, I don't know if it would Lily be... Here. I mean, give it a try, but I don't think it would be You're your not, number not, one. No. <laughs> uh, I could, the the way you describe it, I definitely could see it being a movie that Matt would yeah, enjoy and probably yeah. has seen. Yes, probably so, multiple times. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure... Matt's seen it but well I mean maybe Matt's listening and, and he can tell us but but I'll ask him if, if he's seen that and movie. if he hasn't seen it he'll probably put it on his list yes yeah definitely um you know I I have a we haven't really gotten into this but I have some very particular feelings and thoughts to to the impression everyone else seems to have <laughs> on my viewing preferences <laughs> even with your pick for when we both picked a streaming movie but I was right you had never seen it I have never seen it that's true <laughs> But still, I feel as though sometimes I'm put in a narrow area of the movies that I will... You think we pigeonhole you? A little bit you? as to what I would... Maybe maybe not even necessarily... Maybe I'm thinking more what I would watch and try right. and not necessarily enjoy. Because I find those to be two See, separate See, I'm things. thinking of like what you would enjoy. Yeah, okay. Then that makes sense. Yeah. But I <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been to movies that would shock but all why, of you. But why? I don't know if I would necessarily like... You know, I wouldn't be like, oh... 
watch Jawbreaker, even though I know you're not really going to enjoy <laughs> it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I'd seen it. But I feel like our listeners else. really understand my taste in movies really well. Yeah, I think I'm... They, they certainly understand your taste in movies very well, and they make <laughs> guesses at mine. So here we are. Um, but thanks for the question. Um, Hope writes in and says, hi, Taylor and Mike. With the Dumbo movie now coming up for another live-action Disney movie, my question is a two-parter. First, have either of you seen it slash will you see it? And second, what Disney movie do you think they should or shouldn't remake? Thanks for a great show. Well, we all know your... Um, you, you haven't been a big fan of any of these remakes, I don't think. No, I don't like these Disney remakes. No, I don't um, like Disney. I don't, well, I, I hate Disney. <laughs> I hate Disney. According to many people. Um, I don't like, I'm just not, <laughs> I, I can appreciate Disney for what it is, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't say I'm not a Disney fan, no. but I really hate how they're calling them live action when it's like CGI animals with like real humans. Yeah, it's just like a new way of doing animation. Animation, yeah. 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 So A... That like that that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like I don't even like how the movies look. Mm-hmm. But um, a Dumbo was never uh, one of the movies we watched growing up. So for that reason, I don't really have any yeah, sort of emotional it. attachment to it. It's kind of um, of all the movies, I, maybe I would be most interested because in, Tim Burton directed, yeah. and it's kind of uniting some of his old Batman cast. We have mm-hmm. Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like Colin Farrell. So, like, it has a good cast and everything. The reviews I've read about it um, aren't great. Mm-hmm. It didn't perform well at the box office, from what I can understand. Um, like, comparatively, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's yeah. Disney, so it's always going to um, have people are going to go to the yeah. seats. But comparatively. And they can take a loss. <laughs> but we're already kind of on to, like, the, the B list of Disney movies. Now that Dumbo's done, yeah. um, we're kind of going to the B list. So the second part of the question is, what movies do I think they shouldn't? Should or shouldn't, yeah. I don't, personally, in my opinion, I think they should just stop. I don't, I don't care for these remakes. I think if you want to do these kind of like CGI slash human movies, um, get new source material. Because I feel like people have such an emotional attachment to the original cartoons, like actual, you know, 2D animation, which personally, that's what I prefer. Like if I, if... Disney was to release a new 2D movie, I'd probably go see it over these. Yeah, definitely. In my opinion, because yeah. I grew up with the classic animation. I mean, I've liked Brave, and Frozen was okay. These like new Disney princesses, but mm. yeah, go back to the original animation, and then we'll talk. Yeah, like for me, it, for me, they've been one, maybe one and a half for three or whatever they've done in the remake so far. Like, I didn't really care for Beauty and the Beast because it's essentially a shot-for-shot remake of the original. Except with the added stupid song when they whatever, teleport yeah. to France. <laughs> or I guess they're in France, but when they teleport when they to teleport Paris. teleport to Paris for the scene about the plague. Um, you know what Beauty and the Beast was missing? The plague. Um, <laughs> then I liked the the Cinderella that, that Kenneth yeah, Branagh directed. The Cinderella wasn't bad, that was I'll admit. Good. Um, and then I really liked Jungle Book because I thought that was taking a very short story, essentially, like I'm, I'm just like Dumbo, the original is like an hour long Jungle Book or something, and expanding it and doing cool things with it. My problem with these other ones is it looks like Lion King, even though it's the same style as Jungle Book, is going to be a shot for shot remake of the original. It looks like Aladdin's going to be a shot for shot remake of the original. But with Blue Will Smith. 
Yeah, and again, like Aladdin looks like the movie that was made for me, yet I'm not excited about it because I yeah. loved Will Smith growing up. I loved Will Smith in the 90s. He's still one of my favorite actors to go see in things, and I loved Aladdin. Like I would yeah. run around pretending to be Aladdin. Like that's the thing. So this movie is meant for me because it's like, oh, you're going to take Will Smith and, and Aladdin and put them together, but I don't think they're going to get over the Robin Williams things. I, I think he just did too much with He's that. He's too it's iconic. Too, it's too much him. I don't think it's going to work, and I and I'm not interested in shot for shot remakes. So, yeah, I don't. I kind of agree with you. I I don't think they should remake any of them, and they should just give us new stories. Mm-hmm. But I did. But but with that being said, their attempt with Dumbo and what I liked about Jungle Book was here's something shorter that's not really as hugely popular as the other ones, so let's remake it and redo that. Mm-hmm. But they want money, so. I do agree. When you mentioned Cinderella, I feel like Cinderella is not in the same boat for me because it was, like, humans. Yes. Like, there are animals, like, the mice and stuff, but, yeah, like, but by they, and large, yeah, it's, humans, it's yeah. live action because the main characters are supposed to be live action. Yeah, and I thought what they did with that was really good. Like, what they added was really yeah. good. What How they expanded was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought they, like, really made the prince an actual character. Yeah, like they, they flushed him. him out. They flushed out a, a relationship between him and his father that was very heartbreaking and interesting, um, played by one of the creepier Game of Thrones characters, which I thought was really funny. And we had the prince was also Rob Stark. Yeah, so, so the prince Game was Rob Stark, <laughs> and the father was Rob Stark, and like they're not Rob, but they were both from Game yeah. of Thrones, and they were doing there that thing. Go. Yeah, and uh, Lily James played the uh, Cinderella, and she's and talented. She, yeah, she was very good in it. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sorry, that's probably go. not the answer <laughs> no, you want to hear from no, us. <laughs> where I guess we're not not a big fan, but no, I haven't seen Dumble. Probably won't go see it. No. Uh, Austin, any feelings on the Star Wars trailer and title? I have so many. Feelings. Mike's obviously going to have to feel this one because, as listeners know, it's not in my wheelhouse. You, you didn't even watch the trailer. I mean, no, I know the movie is called The Rise of Skywalker, it is. and I, I, from what I under, they think the girl. Is there a theory that the girl is a Jedi? Well, there's all. <laughs> you clearly have seen none of these. The, the one with the, the bandages on her. Yes, arms. but she's already she's already established established as a sort Jedi. of as a Jedi. Sort okay. of like she she has some Force powers. She uh, her name's Ray. Got it's it. Not the girl. Her name there's is Ray. There's tension between her and Kylo Ren. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. T- <laughs> Taylor, set this one out. I'll take it. Um, so. Yes, uh, the Rise of Skywalker is an interesting title for a lot Got of reasons. It. Because in the last movie, they actually established that that Rey is no one. There was a huge mystery around who her parents were, and it was revealed by Kylo Ren that her parents are literally nobody. She's a nobody. She doesn't. She's not an important figure in the world. Do you mean she's like she nobody. was birthed into existence without parents? No, she was. She was birthed into existence. That sometimes happens. Yes, that is true. Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll clarify. She was birthed into existence by two peasants, okay. essentially. <laughs> um, now the theory is, is that Kylo Ren could be lying to her in trying to manipulate her. I don't think that makes a lot of sense because the last movie was kind of about the relationship of these two, Kylo Ren and Rey sort of having a bit of a bond by being outsiders and all the things that have gone through their lives. But the Rise of Skywalker could actually mean anything because Kylo Ren is technically a Skywalker. He he is the, the son of uh, Han Solo and Leia, who is a Skywalker. She's Luke's sister. So... It's possible that that's what they're talking about. Like, will, will in the end, Kylo Ren turn good? Is this meaning that he was lying to Rey and she is somehow related to the Skywalker family? Is it going to be that 
Um, there's someone else. So there's another person there. Are they talking about Leia? Who, even though unfortunately the the actress is is no longer with us, the character is still alive in that universe. Are they talking about Luke, who who sort of disappeared at the end of the movie and could be a Force I thought, ghost? I thought he died. Well. Yes, it looks like it, but he kind of disappeared. It's Star Wars. You never actually right. really die. You can come it's a space ghost. opera. So it's very, that's an interesting title because I have no idea what it means. And, and I think that I like that title because that's where this series is going. It's all about the rise of something. And if you, there's a lot of people who, who are like, well, that's a terrible title. Well, The Empire Strikes Back and, and A New Hope is a terrible title. Well, you know, everyone now is, because of the internet, everyone is always looking for like tidbits. Of course. You know, like, and they think yeah. everything is a clue when yeah. sometimes it's, it's just not, not a clue. <laughs> and I think, I think that they've probably done something smart here with this title where it's it's specific enough that we know we are finishing the Skywalker story, which we've been with since the first ever movie, and these nine movies have been about the Skywalkers, but it's ambiguous enough that it could be about Kylo Ren, it could be about someone else. Right. So I'm excited about the movie. The trailer was fine. I think I'm going to get more excited as we get a bit closer because it's When's not it until December. December. Oh, okay. So we've got, got time. Uh, last question from Devin. Uh, with Easter weekend coming up, so many places are closed, and aside from dinner with my family on Sunday, I don't have much going on. Do either of you have any streaming suggestions for this weekend? Local plug, Improbable Escapes is open this weekend, if you want to do an escape room. But <laughs> in terms of movies, um, my the thing I most recently uh, streamed on Netflix was The Dirt, which mm. is a Motley Crue biopic. I don't listen to Motley Crue. I was watching it with my best friend, and we're like, these are Motley Crue songs. We didn't even know. <laughs> but um, I would describe the movie as kind of like a buddy comedy, but the buddies happen to be Motley, Motley Crue. Crue. <laughs> and uh, just with like a lot more drugs yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. um but it was fun like that's like a fun kind of weekend movie to watch yeah, yeah. um in terms of easter now i apologize i don't know if you can stream these but my easter picks are always life of brian classic monty python and the original uh jesus christ superstar mm -hmm. i think he came out in 79 um don't watch the remake from the 2000s and don't watch like the nbc live no. with like john legend no. i think was jesus um save yourself a lot of heartache just watch the first one from the 70s and yeah. again I, I i would be surprised if you couldn't stream them somewhere because they're like big pretty sure netflix still has a bunch of monty python stuff so life of brian might be there yeah I don't know about Jesus Christ Superstar, but I'm sure you can find it. But again, support your local businesses, and maybe um, Classic Video will be open. They and they they for will, sure have they will have, have it. both. Yeah, yeah. Um, other things to stream. I mean, I don't again. I don't know Devin what services you have, but on Netflix, like Russian Dolls, a pretty good series. If you want to like watch a series this weekend, I know when I have like a long weekend, I just like I'll grab eight binge episodes a show. and just binge a show. Um, that's one that I that I recommend um, checking out. It's definitely very interesting, very different um, with all the content out. There's, there's a lot of superhero content out there, and there's a lot of those things. Russian Dolls kind of a little bit different. It's something something new. Um, other than that, I mean, I I just binged Game of Thrones, catching up to watch the new episode on Sunday. So that's you what I was crave. doing. I have Crave, though. Um, but if you have Crave, there's some great shows on there as well. Veep just returned. Um, and and um, 
what's the other thing that was oh Barry which is another really good HBO been show been renewed yeah um, in terms of TV I always forget when when the listeners ask for streaming suggestions I always go right to movies yes of course but the Santa Carlita Diet uh, oh, has yes. last week or maybe two weeks ago released their season three so if you haven't seen the new season or haven't seen any of it highly recommend it's like a take on the zombie yeah. genre but just really really funny it's a comedy and as always if you want a taste of nostalgia fuller house is available <laughs> on netflix so go check it out there you go um okay that's it for fan questions if you'd like to contribute um as always just email us anytime screening kingston at gmail.com we're always happy to get your questions find us on social media we have twitter instagram and facebook we do fun things as well on our social media especially instagram we do a lot of fun stuff you don't know because you give it up for lent um, next soon sunday soon, you can participate uh we i i every once every couple of days i do like a guess this movie but i only put emojis in it and this the, the one i did yesterday nobody took a swing at oh not one what was person the emojis the emojis were a bunch of trees a cow and an arrow pointing to the into trees. the woods into the woods exactly <laughs> yes nobody got that not one person but there you go um okay cool movie reviews awesome we just saw some movies and we have a few things to say about them. And I mean a few. So we saw very different things. We did. We saw very different things. We decided to see different movies. You saw The Woman Who Loves Giraffes. Correct. Which is a Canadian documentary. And I saw The Aftermath, which is a period romantic movie. <laughs> so would you like to start? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's to say here? I, this is what... Okay. So this is the thing. I... I've been really thinking about this because I feel recently with the screening room movies I've seen, I might, I may, maybe have been a little negative. Um, and I'm trying to, to not always be the same tonally each week. Um, not but, everything can be Endgame. Not everything can be Avengers Endgame <laughs> where I'm just so excited to talk about Star Wars where I literally don't shut up for an hour. But the thing about the aftermath is, is if you like period ro romance movies, which is a genre, I mean, it happens, there's a lot of these movies. You'll probably like this movie. I, I put it in a very similar category to Mary Queen of Scots, where I kind of came out of it being like, okay, like, it, like whatever. <laughs> it's definitely the type of movie that if I saw it on Netflix, I would be like, oh, I, I know these actors. I right. recognize the three actors in this. I've seen them in a bunch of things. I'm going to put it on. And I, it wouldn't have been a waste of a couple hours, but it also is not that memorable. And you didn't waste any money. Yeah, over time. It. So... That's really what I want to say. If you, if you like this type of movie, you will enjoy this movie. And maybe go see it in theaters. And maybe go see it in theaters. But if not, you can wait because it's filled with cliches of the genre, of, of, of romance cliches, filled with period, period piece. So basically, it takes place just after the World War II. It's in Germany. Um, and a husband and wife who are British um, have basically been reunited and have been he's he's a colonel I believe and he's been assigned to Germany to look after some of the post-war cleanup um, and of course as people might have known there were a lot of government issues and a lot of things that well Germany was occupied yeah. by the three government so powers. it was there was a lot to clean up not only like physically like the places the cinematography is amazing in this movie the, the place is an absolute disaster but politically there's a lot to clean up as well um, so essentially the movie is there's a house that's owned by a German man though they I think he's German I know he's living there I'm pretty sure he's German but Alexander Skarsgård plays this guy who has this house he may or may not be Austrian may or may not be Austrian <laughs> may or may not be German he's very may, Aryan looking yes and he's definitely part of that 
side of things. Like, that's the whole point of the movie. So they kick him out of his house, and essentially the colonel lives there with his wife. But for many reasons and many complicated things, he ends up also staying there. So you basically have Alexander Skarsgård, Kira Knightley, and Kira Knightley's husband, who's played by Jason Clark, who is the actor I brought up on the show two or three weeks ago, who's been in a ton of things, and I can never remember his name because he's super generic, but I really like him. I don't know why. He's been in a bunch of movies. He was in the one of the Planet of the Apes movies. He was in uh, one of the Terminator movies. He's been in just a bunch of random movies he always has a decent role but he's just so forgettable for whatever reason he's so generic he's just a working actor but if you look if you look at him you probably won't know his name but everyone would be like oh that guy yeah he has a familiar face yeah um and that's the thing i kind of liked about this movie is i thought the acting was actually quite good for for being a really generic movie for being kind of um, so, so when it came to, there's no real twists in this movie. It kind of goes the direction you think it's going to. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things that all the actors did a really fine job and I can't say they did anything bad with it, but I, I was talking t- to you, Taylor, uh, before about how Jason Clark and Alexander Skarsgård for me are very similar in their acting style where they're always just fine. Like they're good. They, you know what you're going to get out of them. It's a consistent. good performance. They're consistent, but they're not going to blow you away with anything. They're not the best actors in the world, but they're not horrible. They're not shells of things. They, they play different characters and they seem to be able to do interesting things with it. And even though we spend most of this movie with Kira Knightley, I actually thought the two of them were the strongest part. I think the things that Jason Clark character goes through and you see some of the trials and tribulations of Alexander Skargard's character because they're questioning his loyalty right. and they're questioning how much he wanted uh, Germany to win the war and what was his role in Especially that. Especially was he like a full-blown Nazi? Yeah, was he a war criminal or not is is a big question in this movie. So it's it's very interesting, those parts of it, but... About 80% of the movie is spent on the romance. Well, even the trailer, you, it sets it up. You know it's a love triangle. It's Yeah, it's as I don't even have to say it, and people probably guess what happens. <laughs> the, the three of them are living there, and Kira Knightley and Alexander Star- Skarsgård start falling in love. Like, it's of course. Like, it's, yes. Like, it's exactly There's some gentle happens. caresses at first. Yeah, and, <laughs> it, and like stolen glances, and, and of course that happened. Like, it, almost instantaneously you know that that's what's yeah. going to happen. So, um, yeah, all in all, the movie is, is riddled with cliches. But I, I can't come out of it saying it, it was terrible. I really liked the post-war element of it. Mm-hmm. I thought the setting was great. I'm very interested in that type of thing. Like, what happened after right. all the big wars I've heard about? And what happened, you know, later? And how did they put things back together? Um, but with that being said, no going into it what it is. It's a cheesy romance story. Um I mean, for you, who doesn't like Kira Knightley, you spend most of the movie with her. Um, you don't really spend a, a lot with, with the other characters. You get a little bit of them, but it really is around her and her feelings and how she's dealing with this. I just feel like she gives really one-note performances. And and she's she's her most her in that this movie, so I would say like, you're, you probably wouldn't get I probably could look wistfully at someone on yeah. camera. Yeah, you and know? she does that a lot. Yeah. She, she glances and looks quite yeah. a bit. Um, but all in all, that's I can't really give it a firm rating other than I would say, for the most part, I'm going to say stream it. But if you unless, unless you like this genre, like of my movie, Arctic review, exactly, then then go see it because it it's it's good enough for that. And I didn't come out of it hating it. I didn't come out of it feeling like I wasted my time. But I just don't think there's anything new and memorable with the movie. And it because even even movies that are 
I like some generic plot movies, mm-hmm. but you know, um, the movie like Boy Erased or or um, the one with Steve Carell, I can't remember what it's called. Beautiful Boy. Yeah, Beautiful Boy. Those movies also, I think, have a generic plot we've seen before, but there's things and elements in it that the directors do. More and nuanced. New, yeah, nuanced performances from the actors. Um, but in this movie, I just felt it was um, just like Mary Queen of Scots. It's a functional, okay movie, and that's it. Wah, wah. There you go. But the thing that I'm most interested about is your dreams that you've been having recently. So uh, maybe like a month or so ago, I had my first Alexander Skarsgård dream. Now, is this a thing? Like when you say the first, like everyone has to have their first Alexander Skarsgård dream. I hope. I hope that something's (laughs) happening in the universe where everyone's just dreaming about Alexander Skarsgård, who is a very handsome man. Maybe he's like inceptioning all of us. Maybe. This is part of the... His agenda. Now, I've never had a dream about where... a celebrity. No, yeah, I've never had a dream about a celebrity, not once. Can I tell you my funny Mark Wahlberg dream? Yeah, absolutely. did I have I ever said this dream on? No, I didn't air? know. Okay, so maybe a couple years ago, I had a very vivid dream, and I'm standing in a crowd, and for some reason, I go to the person I'm like standing beside, and I say. I bet Mark Wahlberg is a really good kisser, and then all of a sudden, Mark Wahlberg spins around and he goes I am and then we proceed to make out that's great <laughs> and then the rest of the movie we're like driving around in like a red convertible just like hanging out and I remember um I don't know like many like years later I was like oh Mark Wahlberg like I don't know like I like weirdly kind of have a crush on him and then my friend went of course you have a crush on him you had that weird <laughs> Mark Wahlberg dream <laughs> so anyways my subconscious wow is a Marky Mark that's fan. Amazing. So anyways, that's like my most vivid celebrity mm. dream. Um, my Alexander Skarsgård dream, the first one, I was on a dating show and the prize was him. Like he was, he was like, the like bachelor. Like one of those match date show yeah. things? Oh, I He's see. Like, he was like all the okay, girls gotcha. are competing yeah, yeah, yeah. to like date Alexander <laughs> Skarsgård. So that was, and that was a pretty vivid dream too. Yeah. Like I remember like the dress I had picked out with Nicole to like woo him. Wow. Um, and then last night I dreamt about him again. Really? <laughs> Probably because I knew we were going we to talk, talk about, about yeah, it on yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, this one was not very vivid. I just remember I'm like at a kind of a banquet like I'm at a very long table and he's like beside me and we're kind of we were like deep in conversation and I also feel like I was maybe like trying to monopolize his time like I think I was like competing against another girl at the table sure. so those are my two wow. that's that's so fun. that's so interesting to me but the Mark Wahlberg dream is much better yeah oh yeah that's a great dream yeah that's fantastic. I am a good kisser yeah yeah and, and the driving around the convertible thing is probably pretty accurate yeah, just like to what would happen, like yeah, bopping around. Yeah, of course you're gonna go for a drive. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's yeah, great. Yeah, so those are wow. my. So sorry, I interrupted you. You've never had a celebrity dream. No, Fair. I've never had a dream. No, really. No, like sports stars like no, playing hockey. Not or... at all. My dreams have really are really a collection of my thoughts from from the days or weeks before. So like, your whatever's subconscious on my mind, working through. Yeah, whatever's on my. But I'm always in my dream as myself in a uh, relatively realistic way. Right. My dreams are pretty realistic, but I always know I'm dreaming. That's the other thing. Okay. I know when I'm in a dream that I'm in a dream. Can you do lucid dreaming? I've taken control of some aspects of a dream, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've completely changed. Like, if a dream was going poorly, I've completely changed I can't it. do yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I have to ride. If it's a nightmare, like, I'm riding it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I find dreams 
fascinating, but I just don't put much stock in them. A lot of other people put the a symbolism. lot of meaning. Yeah, I, I think that it could be from you. I think your own body and mind are trying yeah. to tell you things, but I don't think that, that it goes beyond that. Premonitions. Yeah, because like, it's... Like, I don't think I'm going to, A, make out with Mark Wahlberg. Now, however, <laughs> if you did... He's a nice Catholic man. He wouldn't cheat on his wife. No, he wouldn't. But I'm just saying that if if that did come to fruition, like if you ran into him at right. like a thing, maybe what? it's like warning you to to not because he's got a wife and he's really happy. And like, he is a good kisser, yeah. so I gotta so not gotta be watch tempted. Yourself. Yeah. No, I and I would that would be I would be definitely I would change my 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 tone on it if for something that I dreamed about did come to pass, right. then I then I would 100% be like, oh. You have the proof that. I have some proof that this is this right. means something else, yeah. yeah. Well, until that day comes. Until that day comes, you can continue to dream about Alexander Skarsgård and Mark Wahlberg, and I will continue to dream about myself going to work every day and eating food. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I dream about. Why not? So I guess I'll talk about my movie mm-hmm. so i saw the woman who loves giraffes um i was kind of excited to see this because of the waterloo connection she um in the 60s taught at waterloo um as kind of a, a technically as a professor but she didn't end up getting hired at waterloo uh because at that time the biology department didn't believe that married women uh, should work. They mm. thought that their husbands should support them, so they wouldn't hire any tenured women's professors. So that's kind of the Waterloo connection. And unfortunately, I forget her name. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm very, I'm horrible with names. So it wasn't for the lack, it wasn't in terms of like, like they didn't say it enough. It was just, I think her last name's Dodd or Dowd. Um, so the documentary was okay um i wanted to like it more but again because you know oh she's a canadian and you know waterloo and and everything that i thought it would be more um almost like a biography but in my opinion it lacked traditional like biographical markers like it didn't really say where she was born it didn't really say like what kind of schooling she had you know like all of a sudden it's kind of like she um is like 22 and going to africa Mm. and i kind of wanted to know like okay well what undergrad did she do like how did she get the money to like as a grad student i'm like i want to know like how this is funded and like (laughs) and stuff like that like they didn't get into that and they didn't get into those kind of nuts and bolts um I think in also in a way it was trying to do too much. The documentary is only about, um, it's under an hour and a half, I'm pretty sure. And it kind of wanted to talk about like her work with giraffes and then sort of the sexism she encountered in the academic system. Mm. And then her later, um, advocacy work that she did in terms of women's rights. And then at the end of the movie, it talks about her resurgence within the giraffe community didn't know there was a giraffe community, but there is. That sounds amazing. I love giraffes, by the way. Oh, like, well, I love the idea of giraffe. I don't like... That was like, so... They, they're so weird looking. She says that. She's like, I don't know why I love giraffes, but they're just so weird. And yeah. you, in nature, you don't see anything else like them. So the movie was cool because when she was in Africa in the 50s, um, the person she was staying with gave her a camera. So it... The movie is spliced with actual footage of her in the 50s, like doing mm. her initial research. I should mention she studies giraffes, if you didn't get 
that. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, uh, or the movie's just about someone who really likes Yeah, giraffes. she studies giraffes. <laughs> yeah. um, so again, like, uh, you know, it covers her time in Africa. Then she comes back, and it, it's actually really sad. She's not able to get an academic position within the Canadian school system oh. because um, essentially it was like an old boys club. Like, they, right. they wouldn't hire right. a married woman. Um, and then the end, like the very end of the movie is kind of about how like we need to do more advocacy work on behalf of giraffes because, you know, we, we, we care about the pandas, we care about the chimpanzees, but like no one talks about giraffes um, and they are facing um, extin- extinction I if we don't. Yeah. Like, I don't think they never said that they are like on the endangered list, but, but essentially like if we don't, if humans don't intervene now, the giraffes will go extinct. And is that... I mean, is that because of hunting or are there other factors? Like There's other environmental or? It, it is. Um, some of it's hunting because of um, the drought, like in the areas where giraffes live because of the drought, the the nomadic people are slaughtering giraffes in order to eat because they're mm. like starving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in terms of like uh, like urban development, like giraffes now have to like live with cars when they never had to live with cars before. Yeah. And, you know, like yeah. ask fault road yeah um so it's like a it's essentially like global warming you know what i mean um so in that way like i felt like it was just kind of like here's a thing here's a thing here's another thing and i wish it had more of a a traditional narrative structure um but it was fun and it was sweet and she really loves giraffes which is nice yeah yeah you know you know it was like sweet to watch they're, they're just so strange looking. Like and the, they have eyelashes. Yeah, and it's just, there's nothing, even even like other strange animals like alpacas and stuff still kind of look like something else. Mm-hmm. But a giraffe, it's just like doesn't, it's kind of an elephant horse, you know? It doesn't really, I don't get, and like, I don't long know. tongues. And there's like shots of the elephants like fighting each other with their necks. And the stuff. giraffes. Yeah, the giraffe. Sorry, yeah. the giraffes yeah, fighting each other. Yeah, they just swing their like necks <laughs> and heads around. It's just... So, uh, yeah, it's so for that alone, weird. like it has really cool footage about giraffes. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in giraffes, I, I say I like giraffes because they're just so weird looking. But again, from a distance, all animals I admire and enjoy from a safe. Oh, she's distance. like feeding them up close. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No. So, um, I would say this is a stream it. Like it's not in terms of like. When I think of like an award-winning documentary, it's not in the same league as mm. an award-winning documentary, but it certainly it would make nice Sunday afternoon viewing. Yeah, um, it kind of felt like like a BBC doc, you know what I mean, or maybe Channel Four. Like, <laughs> just the budget isn't necessarily um, like the production value wasn't as great as like other ones. Yeah, and it also had a weird a weird thing that I found annoying. But that's just my personal preference. They were reading her letters, um, like the main, like the main woman they're following. She wrote uh, letters, and they hired actors to do the voiceovers of the letters. So there was like young her, and then like uh, a man that she like stayed with, so not the. Weird. So, but they were like acting you know what i mean like it wasn't like they were just like (laughs) you were like someone just like reading letters which would have been the letters themselves are a very beautiful addition to the documentary but you know when it's like when an actor is acting yeah it's it's like you could have just done just like a regular voiceover i I don't like that either so that and it was through the whole movie oh (laughs) 
Well, there you go. So we're getting, we got basically two stream it's then. Woman yeah. who loves giraffes, we're saying stream it and the aftermath. But I should it. put a disclaimer. Because it's like a Canadian documentary, mm-hmm. the chances of you be able to, being able to stream it might so not go see be it great. While yeah, it's, while it's here, yeah, because it's one of those movies yeah. where like yeah. if you don't watch it now, you might miss uh, unless like TVO picked it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there you go. So go check that out. It's uh, both movies are playing at the screening room now, um, and they just opened this weekend. So hopefully they'll be there for another week. Yeah. Okay, now we're uh, moving on to not a great plan. Great. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Lori Lawlin reportedly rejected, rejected a plea deal because she thought the DA was bluffing. Not a great plan. I don't want your life. Not quite my tempo. <laughs> I just added a bunch of things in there. Um, From our 90s show. Yeah. And I, I should also, to do that once. And since uh, her rejection of the plea deal, she, her, her and her husband are now pleading not guilty. Okay. And to remind our, our listeners, if you are just like tuning in or missed a couple episodes, um, this is a story that we have been following. It's called the Varsity Blues Scandal. <laughs> and it's about um, a number of kind of high profile actors and like business people. Um who have like bribed American universities essentially not even bribed like they've been doing kind of like shady things yeah. in order to get their yeah. kids into university hence the I don't want your life from the, the movie varsity blues <laughs> there you go. into there yeah so um <laughs> the headlines I'm I mean I don't really um know like how the American justice system works but essentially all of the commentary right now is that she was pretty much an idiot for not taking the plea deal like it would have been like you know you would have faced like a little bit of jail time probably a fine but that would have been it now they're being charged with mail fraud and something else like i think money laundering um and they could face 40 years in prison so just dumb and some of the commentary i've seen was like oh she thought she was gonna you know get off you know she she wanted to you know what I mean? Like she, she thought she wouldn't have to do any jail time, so really? that's why she rejected the plea deal, like all this stuff. And pretty much people are like, you, "That was like a very naive." Yeah, everything I've read, it seems more cut and dry on the other side of it. Is you've like, done a lot of things wrong here, and there's there's going to be consequences. And some people, um, some of her cohort, I forget the name of the actress. Um, she's another like high profile actress. Like you would know her name essentially. I just unfortunately forgotten. She took a plea deal. Okay. So, like, other people, like, because it was 16 parents. Yeah. Um, so, many of them have taken plea deals. A couple have pleaded not guilty. But, like, when people in your cohort are taking plea deals, to me, that shows that you're 
probably not innocent. And you, you would think <laughs> you'd be communicating a little bit with some of the other people. And if they're like, oh, I'm going to take this plea deal. It you might should make you too. Think, yeah. Certainly it would make me think that. When in the future I'm in a big crime ring, because I know exactly. it will happen to me, I... I know that if others around me take a plea deal, I'll probably do the same. And Lori Lawlin, um, the the money that she was, um, she paid like five hundred thousand, and this other actress only played paid thirteen thousand. So like the woman who took a plea deal for like a smaller, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you paid wild. even. That's even. I'm assuming the jail time's going to be again. I. I don't know the legal system, yeah. but with like five hundred thousand versus like thirteen thousand, yeah, I feel like the crime yeah. is bigger. <laughs> oh boy! Well, we'll have to stay up to date on that one. Yeah, and our next headline mm-hmm. is another story we've been following. The city of Chicago is suing Jesse Smollett, demanding reimbursement for the investigative costs. Not a great plan. Not quite my tempo. <laughs> Which is funny because this went so full circle so fast in this whole story. I know. So again, uh, again, listeners, if you uh, we've been following this story, but if you don't <laughs> know what's happening, Jesse Smollett um, uh, went to the Chicago police saying that he was a victim of a hate crime. The sh- Chicago police then said he perpetrated his own hate crime, like mm-hmm. he was responsible for fabricating it. Then the DA or whoever dropped all charges against him. And now <laughs> the outgoing mayor of Chicago, like his his administration, has filed a, a lawsuit after Smollett failed to pay um, like a, over $130,000 they demanded of him in wake of the investigation. So they said, you know, our, our police officers and our detectives uh, used all of these resources and they did so much overtime. Yeah. And so uh, in a statement, the city says it's pursuing the full measure of damages allowed under the false statements ordinances. How can they do this, though, if he's not being charged of a criminal offense? That's what's confusing to me is if they've dropped the charges, meaning he did not fabricate a hate crime, how can you then make him pay for the time you spent proving he didn't fabricate a hate and crime? And I assume that's why like he's refusing to pay. Because yeah, he's like that's he what's maintains confusing. he maintains his innocence. He maintains that he was a victim of a hate crime. This is why I think there's something more going on here. I think I brought this up two weeks ago when we did the update about him uh, having the having dropping, them dropped. Yeah. I think they cut a deal. Whatever I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's a hundred percent innocent, but it's especially if the the city is essentially now wanting to well, sue him. The like the city it's, maintains it's, that he, yeah. like you know, the police department yeah. maintains that he did it. You and know the, what I mean? And the courts disagree. So to me, it makes it seem like there might have been a deal under the table. Which again, that that I don't understand because normally when there's a deal cut it's in the public. court, it's public. It's like we've made a deal. Um, meaning he's not saying he's innocent or guilty. We've just cut a deal. And at there's this time, deal. there's no paper, like there's, there's no public yeah, record. Because they saying, dropped it, right? Like yeah. they, they said we dropped the charges. So he's he's not being crimin- criminally charged. He's but innocent. The, but the police department is disagreeing with that. So it's so this keeps getting more and more convoluted uh, and yeah. interesting. And I can't believe this because we've been reporting on this for months and it's getting <laughs> so crazy. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird one. That's we need an official like law correspondent to come in and give us yeah, we a should get a law, we a should. law student we should see we should show. see if we can get a law student to come in and just can you give us any insight into making sure we understand Explain these terms what's explaining happening. what's going on because i'm so curious about if this. any of our listeners are lawyers or law students i know law students legally aren't 
allowed to give law advice, but you can at least you can have a conversation. Yeah, with us, you though. can tell us. What's you might happening. not be able to give us law advice, but you could define a term for us, and we could. I mean, you could come on the show just to chat. As a layman, something seems to be going on. Exactly, and but I'm maybe confused. from a law point of view. Maybe someone who who has a law background would look at this and go, okay, this that is makes sense. this is what makes sense and why, which isn't giving advice, which is giving us yeah. just information. So Hit us up. Down, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let us know. We'd love to chat. Okay, what's the next headline? Daniel Craig reportedly asked Phoebe Waller Bridge to make the next James Bond movie funnier. Not a great plan. This isn't <laughs> why. So I guess this um, this woman um, is a right is a writer. And um, I, sh- I think she's responsible for either the television show or the movie Fleabag. I haven't heard of either, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. So I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show. But Daniel Craig allegedly is a huge fan of this media called Fleabag, which mm. um, Waller Bridge is responsible for. And he wants the new James Bond movie to be, like, quirkier. That, like, that's... Just, I don't... Just do the one movie and leave. Why did... Like, he's done after this. It's the big 25th Bond movie. It's gonna be a big deal. Can't he just do the movie and then go? Like, why does I understand he... that he's, like, very frustrated with the franchise. Yeah. Um, but and you, maybe fr- he signed a contract, like, committing him to so many yeah. movies. But in my opinion... I'm like, Daniel Craig, do what you want to do. But in my opinion, it would be really strange to change the tone of the yeah. movies. This when I feel like when there's every time there's a new actor in James Bond, it resets yes, the, the franchise. Tone. Yeah. His tone is specific and it's not funny. It's not funny. And but in my opinion, even in the public opinion of the four movies that he's done, public opinion is he's two for two. So two two are good and two two not so good or two for four I should say where where Casino Royale and Skyfall were fantastic, uh, Spectre I think is what it's yeah. called it was sort of like mid level meh and and Quantum of Solace was terrible, I liked Spectre a little bit more than other people did but still for the most part the movies have been relatively good and of a high quality, just. Do the one more movie. Just do your job. He, he's got one more left. He, he's, he's signed to five, and he's going to do five, and that's it. I guess, like, um, they're having a lot of trouble with their production, and it seems like maybe the article alluded to the fact that all the filmmakers are trying to keep him happy. Hmm. But it's like... It's got one more. <laughs> whatever, you know? Don't. Why does Daniel yeah. Craig... You know, he signed on what, for whatever. You know, he signed the contract, whatever. Yeah. He knows it's his last one. Yeah. It would be really weird to change the tone. Yeah. And Rami, um, just as an aside, Rami Malek is slated um, as the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the, uh, I, and yeah, that's the the woman from um, Us and Twelve Years a Slave. What's her name? Oh, um, yes, Lapito. Yes, um, Lapita. I can't remember her last name. Yes, I know but who you're talking she, about. She um, is also rumored to have a role oh, in the nice. movie, whether she's going to be a Bond girl or whatever. You know what I mean? Are they, do they still do Bond girls? Eh, differently than they, than yeah. they used to. Usually, but, like, the last one, the Bond girl was, was kind of essential to the the plot in a very different way and right. a little bit more 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 mysterious and part of it things mm-hmm. in, in more of a meaningful plot. way. Like she was a, yeah, yeah. Exactly, a plot device, yeah. Um, I know we're running out of time, but we've we got, might have... We've got, yeah, probably another one. Um, sneaker contracts are impacting the casting on Space Jam 2. Not a great plan. 
It is it's very interesting, actually, because this is a cool. There's that, but there's LeBron. There's a lot of issues with LeBron James with that movie as well, because a lot of other NBA stars don't like him. So yeah. it's becoming a big thing. But I guess um, so. The original movie apparently is based on a Nike commercial. Mm-hmm. So like Nike owns, I guess, the intellectual property, and yes. they're involved in this remake. So, but a lot of the current NBA stars aren't um, Nike spokespeople, but yeah. they're you know they might be with like. Uh, uh, Under Armour or like you know Adidas whatever so they can't appear in a movie that's yeah. marketing Nike so interesting so that to me is like yeah just and when they did the original Space Jam movie every big star in the NBA at that time was in it and did did the movie with and Michael they must Jordan have all been Nike oh, after, oh probably and I think the corporate sponsorship was very different back then yeah. and Nike was all over the place mm-hmm. but there's so many brands now it's causing issues so. Very interesting. There you go. We are done, unfortunately. Uh, we can never get through to all the headlines we want. Um, but that's the show for today. Thank you to everybody um, for listening. We'll be back next week um, with another a new episode. We just decided uh, what movie we're seeing at the screening room. So we'll uh, tease that a little bit later in the week. And in the meantime, go see some movies.